Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated, former lovers that explores all of the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It, it Just, just makes, makes Sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Seifert. And on this episode, we're talking about what really happened to Sarah Widmer. Who? You've never heard of this case? No. Highly Sarah. controversial. Widmer? W-I-D-M-E-R. Widmer. Hmm. This one is like one that literally made me want to pull my hair out because I don't know what happened. And you don't have a theory? There's just so many theories that I'm like, (laughs) um, I'm just not sure which one's right. Huh. So let's get into it. Okay. So a lot of this came from the ID show Reasonable Doubt. I effing love that show. Have you ever seen it? No. They take cases where the person in jail feels like they're not guilty or being framed, and is there reasonable doubt that they wouldn't, they didn't commit the crime? So it features a retired homicide detective and then a criminal defense attorney, and they work together to look at cases cases where families are convinced their loved ones are falsely imprisoned. So it's really good. Okay. So the case was Sarah Widmer. It was August eleventh, two thousand eight. When Aaron Woodmer walked into his upstairs bathroom and finds his newlywed wife, Sarah, unresponsive in the water, in the bathtub. Suicide. He frantically calls 911 and says that his wife fell asleep in the bathroom and believes she drowned while she fell asleep and is dead. Oh, I do remember this one now. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember. Keep going. So he tries to do what the 911 operator tells him to do. Get her out of the tub. Get her on a flat surface. And while ambulances and first responders rush to the scene, um, he tries to perform somewhat CPR. But by the time they get there, it's too late. Sarah was dead. (gasps) A victim of drowning. Her toxicology report comes back clean, but the police believe it was no accident. Two days later, Ryan is arrested for the murder of his wife. Get him. In March 2009, Ryan goes to trial and is convicted, but... Guilty. His first, So he goes in trial in March 2009 and is convicted, but it's overturned because it turns out that jurors were found to have conducted experiments related to this trial at home, which is not allowed, apparently. Why? Why it's not allowed? Yeah. I'll get into it. Because I wanted to know why it wasn't allowed. Um, And I'll explain what the experiments were, too, later on. They don't cover it on the show, but it was covered in another podcast I listened to. Okay. So then in 2010, Ryan goes on trial again, and the jury deadlocks. And so in 2011, Ryan goes on trial again and is found guilty and is sentenced 15 years to life. He's not eligible for parole until 2025. That seems like an awful long, um, like, spread. Like, 15 years to life. Right? I like always think 25 that. years, I feel like. Yeah. Like, 15 doesn't seem like that much. Especially when you're young. Yeah. Yeah. But did he do it? Yeah, so he did. So, let's go back to the beginning. Sarah and Ryan were only married for four months when Sarah's death occurred. They were together for a little over two years. And Ryan's twin brother, Aaron, said that they were madly in love and there was no issues in their marriage. Until he started banging his wife. <laughs> that is false accusation. <laughs> He's it's always a cheater. He said Sarah was a bright, bubbly person and Ryan is a compassionate and caring individual. And always my right. go-to. Then there's no motive. There's no reason to harm her. There was no insurance policy on Sarah, which I find a little weird. Like she didn't have any like, life insurance, insurance policy. That is weird. Yeah. 
but there was no, like, they didn't claim to have any issues in their marriage. Like, there was just no reason that he would kill her. Aaron thinks that Sarah had a medical condition that caused her death. He truly thinks that she fell asleep in the bathtub and drowned. And he said the prosecution used junk science to convict Ryan, saying there was marks on the bathtub and fingerprints that showed a struggle, but they couldn't prove when the marks were made or whose they were. Okay. And there there are reports um, from Sarah's family and friends that, like, she had extreme fatigue and she would, like, fall asleep at strange times. They thought maybe she was, like, narcoleptic or... Kind of like you. Yeah. But, like, she would fall asleep, like, in the middle of a party, just, like, pass out cold on the couch. Like, it was weird. She would, huh. like, fall asleep in weird places. And, like, apparently she did often take bathtub or baths and would, like, tend to, like, t- like fall asleep all in the bathtub. Weird. Still, yeah. So let's look into these. Let's start with the marks on the bathtub. There is a forearm print on the side of the tub, and there was shampoo bottles on top of the print. So the prosecution claims there's a struggle, and the bottles were put on top of the print after the fact. So they think that it was staged. Oh, okay. Looking further into this, experts said that there's no way to tell when the forearm print got onto the tub, and there was no way to prove that it was a struggle. Like, it could have been anyone leaning over to clean the tub. Like, anything could have caused that forearm print to be there. And there was fingerprint marks and streaks found on the tub that the prosecution claims were Sarah's, but only because they made this claim because the size of the fingerprint marks, not because of the fingerprint marks themselves. Not because they matched? Right. That's what they said. They said they were small, so they had to be Sarah's. So, like, this criminal investigator puts that to a test. They had two people make streak marks similar to the ones at the crime scene, one with, like, significantly smaller hands than one than another person who had bigger hands. Okay. And they did the test, and the marks were, like, the same Same? size. It doesn't really matter what hand size you are. So they're just saying, like, it. there's no way to prove directly that that was Sarah's. So, or that they were made when they were made, or that it was from a struggle, or who they even are. Now, when you say streaks, like, I don't... Like, streaks on a wall. Like, they move their hand down the wall. So maybe that's why they couldn't get a full fingerprint. How did it stay? Like, I'm confused. Like, streaks and, like, wall. Like, their hand was on the wall and went down it. Like, scratched it? No, like, you know how you leave fingerprint marks everywhere? Like, if I go like this, my fingerprint marks are on the table. Oh, okay. I feel. If you touch a doorknob, your fingerprint marks are on the doorknob. I feel like that would be hard in, like, a bathtub or, like, a shower because of the water. Like, this, like the steam yeah. and the condensation. I feel like that would be hard. Well, like, I don't know. I feel like my shower walls don't get that crazy. Hmm. What are okay. you doing in the shower, sir? I take a hot shower, all right? I'm just... <laughs> I like it to open up my sinuses, clear out all of that. I like it hot. But, like, also, how do they know that those fingerprints were from a struggle and not from some sex. hot, steamy sex? Yeah, seriously. You know? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So there's... So what the people who are in the show, like, the criminal investigator and stuff are saying is, like... That's true. Like, the prosecutors had no leg to stand on when they presented those as, um, like, like facts, facts yeah, against yeah, yeah. him. Sure. Yeah. So another one of the leads is that Sarah had a rare heart disorder that caused her to pass out at random times and, like, in this bathtub. Bathtub drownings, just so everyone is aware, are super rare. There's hardly any drownings from a bathtub without the victim being under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Because your body's immediate response when you go underwater is to, like 
fight, get breathe. up and breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it would wake flight. you up. Sure. So it's believed that Sarah had long Q2 syndrome, which is a heart condition that causes fainting, seizures, and then sudden cardiac death. Or sudden cardiac death. Sarah did suffer from headaches and fatigue, but this is not a symptom of long Q2 syndrome or QT syndrome. They looked into Sarah's autopsy and medical reports, and there's no signs of long QT syndrome in any of them. And she did have a heart murmur when she was a child, but this was checked out by doctors and an EKG was done and it didn't show signs of long QT syndrome. So typically you're like born with it and you'll always see it. But the medical examiner did say there's like a very, very small chance, like a 1% chance she could have developed it as an adult, but like that that just doesn't ever happen. So if Sarah had a headache and fell asleep in the water, could she have drowned? The medical examiner doesn't believe so. She would have woken up as soon as her head went under the water. The medical examiner believes that it could have been either a sudden cardiac event or someone held her below water. She does think the manner of death is drowning, but how, she's not sure. She doesn't think there's enough evidence to say it was murder. Interesting. Interesting. I disagree. Keep going. So what about the lack of water in the bathroom? The case truly does come down to, like, this water, right? Sure. If there was a struggle, wouldn't there have been water on the floor? But if the prosecutors say if Sarah had died of drowning, then her body would have been wet, correct? Like, if someone dies of drowning, their body's silked. Right, sure. It wasn't wet. Her body was dry. So the show goes into the, goes to a criminal... So she wasn't... But she was found in the tub. No. The show goes into a criminal criminologist and tried to see what the water tells us. So she was in her bedroom. He had taken her out of the bathtub and laid her on the floor so he could do CPR. Right. Yeah. So she wasn't in the tub. So she, so he dried her off. Right. But he's saying he didn't. He had to have. If he pulled her out of the tub. So first the criminologist looks at photos from the scene and they do show that a struggle did not happen. But he said like it could have been staged that way. Like, maybe some of what was strewn about was put back or the water was cleaned up. Like, there could have been water everywhere. Yeah, get his house. And it was cleaned up. And the body was completely dry by the time the first responders got to the house, including, like, her hair was, like, damp. It was not wet. And her body was dry. So he waited to call the cops. It It was only three minutes from the 911 call from the first responders getting to their house. First of all, that is fast. That is like lightning. That is lightning fast. And all the shit we watch, that and is quick. Quick. And there's no way the body could have dried out that quickly. So you know I love when they fucking do experiments like this. They had a woman who was roughly the same size as Sarah go into a bathtub and submerge herself completely. Then they laid her on the ground and waited to see how long it took. After three minutes... She was still visibly wet and her hair was still soaked. Yeah, that's like the smoking gun right Right. there to me. And then after um, they gave it five more minutes, still wet. So this is where... Yeah, like female hair stays wet forever. So this is where the first... the first one got acquitted because jurors were going home and trying that. They were putting themselves in the bathtub and then going out and laying down and seeing how long it took to dry. Some even put like big fans on themselves. They're like, maybe there's a fan in the room. Who knows? Why can't they do that? Apparently that is not allowed. Huh. I literally have in my script. Explain that to me, please. Yeah, I don't understand. I looked further into it and I found a research paper 
on the independent juror um, that said the following. Independent juror research is problematic under the current procedural and evidentiary landscape because it undermines the adversarial system. A model adversarial world, each party advocates its position before an impartial judge or jury who then renders judgment after weighing the information presented. Independent juror research upsets that balance in a number of ways, including potentially exposing jurors to prejudicial, irrelevant, or inaccurate information, often without the knowledge of the judge or the other parties. As a result, some evidence is not subjected to adversarial review, such as cross-examination or rebuttal. Or like, like there's times when a judge will say, no, I'm not allowing that in court. But then if the jurors do it, they're being, Uh, you know what I mean? Like you don't want them to do things that then it's not presented in the court case. It should only be what's presented in court. Oh, okay. I guess I, yeah, I guess It violates the Sixth Amendment rights to an impartial jury to confront witnesses against him or to be present in any critical stages of the trial. I guess. I don't so, know. I think we should be able to do experiments. Right? That, sounds- that case? Like, that's a really weird one. I would think that that would be okay. Like, how is that prejudicial? Right. It's I guess because it's, I guess because it's not controlled. Right. Because who knows know. how much water. Right. What, that's what they're what saying. What the temperature like, in the room how is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess. So, I guess the I other thing then, continuing on, is that there's, like, no motive. There's literally no reason for him to kill her. They interviewed Sarah and Ryan's friends. No one can come up with any motive. They all claimed they had no idea, and there's no reason to believe he would kill her. Ryan had never had a violent past or any other criminal charges. There's just, like, no motive. So on this show, they interview Ryan. Now, Ryan has never made a really? statement to the police since the night of the murder, and he's never spoken to any of his trials. Huh. So, like, that's crazy to me, too. So, that's another thing they were saying is that if he had gone up on the stand and showed his remorse and sadness, that might have swayed the jurors. But the fact that he didn't, jurors were like, he doesn't care. Well, I don't necessarily think that because you're not, well, you're not supposed to look at the defendants as lack of testimony as a sign of innocence or guilt. But I would think that if he did. Didn't, uh, I don't know. Like, if he really didn't do it, wouldn't he testify? Right. Like, because this, if this really was just an accident, like, what could they have suckered? Like, what really could right. the prosecution have trapped him? Right. In? And if there's no motive, yeah. what does it matter? Like, what could they have trapped him in? Other than the water thing. And yeah. the water thing's going to come up again. So when Ryan, so he said he thinks about that night all the time. He lost his wife and best friend, but his, and his entire life was destroyed. He said the night of the death, around 8.39, Sarah went upstairs to take a bath because she had a really bad headache. When Ryan walked into the bathroom, the first thing he saw was her laying submerged into the bathtub. Her whole body was underneath the water, and her face, he claims, was looking up at the ceiling. But in the 911 call, he said she was face down in the water. So was she face down or face mm-hmm. up? Now he's Inconsistencies saying, in your statements, right, sir. But now he's saying without a doubt, her face was up. He said he only pulled her body like halfway out of the water, not completely out of the bathtub. Like he just like grabbed her and pulled her halfway, which is like weird. And he said there was a ton of water in the tub and it was overflowing. And when they asked him again, like, so did you pull her completely out of the water? He said no. And he said this is just how he reacted. He said he doesn't think he panicked. 
He acted calmly, but what he did was he pulled the drain plug and called 911. He said it was about maybe a minute from when he pulled the drain plug to when he called 911. And he told them what happened, and at some point, 911 told him to get her completely out of the bathtub, so he did. And he said that when he was carrying her to the bedroom, that she was, like, really slippery because she was wet, so he was having difficulty, like, carrying her. Pulling onto her? Yeah. But why didn't he just leave her on the bathroom floor? Why did he take her into the bedroom? Like, why didn't he just leave the body in the bathroom and start doing CPR? And then he said by the time he took her out of the bathtub, there was no water in the tub. That's why there was nothing on the floor. It took one minute for the tub to drain. Well, tubs can drain pretty fast. I don't find that that like that that unbelievable. I do. I find it more unbelievable said, that she was dry. And they said there should have been water on the floor and on Sarah if it happened in that time frame. There and definitely should goes, have been water on the floor. Right. He goes, I have no answer for that. That's just what happened. Was there like, so the hallway to the bedroom, was it carpeted? Was it, was it? Right. Tile, like there should have been water on the on right. the floor or the rug. Right. And they asked Ryan if he didn't testify, why he didn't testify in any of his trials. And he said he didn't because he didn't answer the, he couldn't answer the question of what happened to Sarah because he just doesn't know. He found her dead in the bathtub and that's all he knows. Mm, that sounds like some shady business. Right? It sounds like the guy that killed his wife and dumped her in the, in the, but I in found, the river or whatever right? in Colorado. I found this next part bizarre. Tell me. They met with a juror from the trial and they wanted to know how they could have convicted Ryan Which without trial? motive. His third one. Okay. Without motive. So they go through and list each piece of evidence against Ryan. What are you doing? You think you can hear it? Yes. I needed a snap. <laughs> It's a cashew. <laughs> the loudest thing you could possibly eat on a podcast. Let me eat a crunchy ass cashew and chew it right in front of the mic. You, I can't. <laughs> I wasn't right in front of the mic. That was the bag. I wasn't chewing. You just put one. <laughs> Keep that in. <laughs> So anyways, they met with a juror from the trial and they list through each piece of evidence and they against Ryan and they asked the juror to say on a scale of one to ten how important this evidence was to his conviction. So the fact that she was almost dry when the police got there, this juror says a one that was not important. The timing of the drying had no bearing. Shut the front door. How? Right? Okay, it gets crazier. What Let's, other evidence? Okay, then? listen. Streaker smudges on the tub. He said zero. That had no significance. The juror said there was no actual like fingerprints and they couldn't prove it. Kind of like what they were saying. So they didn't think that was anything to do with it. Now Ryan's demeanor, they said a a nine. When the autopsy pictures came up on trial, that juror didn't think that Ryan reacted in the appropriate way. So that's what they use to convict this man of murder. Wow. Like, that's the stuff that pisses me off. Because there's that's not, not reasonable enough, doubt. There's not enough evidence to yeah. say he did it. Yeah. So you literally are convicting this man based solely on your beliefs of how he should act. Because he didn't respond the way right. that you wanted him to? That's crazy. So then they asked the juror. Like, that should believe, be enough right there for an appeal. Right. They asked the juror if they believe Sarah suffered from a syndrome or medical reason that she died in the tub. He said no. There was no evidence presented that at all that showed she had any, any medical reason to drown, which is true. He says that even now today, he truly believes Ryan Windmer killed his wife. 
This guy is so like he clearly wanted to be on the show as like a gossip. Like I what a it. dick. That would be you if but you like, were on a jury. <laughs> no, because then he goes, Oh yeah, I totally believe this. I found out after the trial that Sarah and his mom had been gone the weekend before and Ryan had a party at the house. And the juror thinks that something happened at the party. And when Sarah got home and found out, she was pissed about it. So then Ryan killed her. Sir, that sounds like supreme speculation. And there's nothing to prove that any of that happened, sir. Okay, also that sounds like a theory you would come up with. Right? You know I'd be like, sis, let me spill the cheese. So. But like, what? So what do we believe? It's true that it could be impossible to know who left those streaks or smudges. It could have been a cleaning lady it could have been anyone so that part is incredible right we still don't know the exact motive there was no signs of any medical evidence or conditions that would have caused her to drown the big thing is this timing the fact that the body was dry and the fact that the hair wasn't damp it just seems staged yeah so now a homicide detective the guy on the show truly believes that ryan was was lying on certain things he doesn't believe he was telling the truth on the 911 call. And because Ryan claims that Sarah was so slippery when he moved her, then why was she dry? A body can't dry that fast. That's how they know, like, he's not telling the truth about the timeline of what happened. Right, absolutely not. There's no way. Also, the truth does not change, and there are inconsistencies in his statements. Face like, up, if he's face telling down. the truth, it yeah. would not change. Also, when interviewing um, Ryan, he was almost like getting angry. And, like, why is. Because he would say, like, why is the one thing that first responders cared about the first thing when they got there is how wet her body is? Well, why wouldn't that be their first thing that they should care about? Like, that's what well, Ryan was saying. I wouldn't think that that would be the first thing that they would notice. I think it would be. Because if I'm a first responder coming in and you tell me my wife just drowned in the bathtub, I'm like, but her body's dry. Yeah, like, but she, I mean? but they're not investigators. I guess. Like that, that I would be like, what happened? I, I think it would be something that they would recall. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Maybe that. Maybe like, why is she in the bedroom? Right. Like, I would just, I feel like those would be questions I would ask. It would definitely be a sticking point, but I don't think it would be the first thing that they would ask. Yeah. Why isn't she wet? Do you think that burp was just caught on Mike? I don't know. <laughs> so when they presented this information to his brother, his brother like just could not believe any of it. He truly thinks that his brother is innocent. Um... And, but there's only two things that could have happened. Now, what what if Pete died? Would you believe Amanda could be capable of killing him? Yes. I... Oh. <laughs> okay, she didn't even I, have to hesitate, and that's her sister. Because you want to know what? I think that anyone is capable of killing if they're pushed to a point. You know what I mean? Huh. Do I think that Pete would push her to the point of being murdered? No. But I think that in any situation, you can never say never. I hate when people say that. I can oh, never yeah. kill. I think you yeah. could. I you agree. know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I think, think she could. I don't think it's likely right. Likely that would happen, right. but yeah, I agree. Okay, fair enough. Maybe he was coming at her with a bat. Who knows? Maybe he deserved <laughs> it. <laughs> so there's only two things that could have happened here. An accident where Sarah died by drowning by falling asleep or some medical issue. Negative. Or Ryan killed her. Killed her. Like, there's no other option. There's no signs of a break. Like, no one came in and killed her. Those are our two things. But, like, let's look at Ryan possibly doing it. There's no motive. Why didn't Ryan pull her completely out of the bathtub? He drained the bathtub. What was he doing during during what was he doing during that time? My big thing is like he's trained in CPR. Why wasn't he giving her CPR? Yeah, why did he think to just leave her in the 
in the bathtub. And the thing is, he couldn't answer any of those questions. He's like, I don't have an answer for you. That's just how I responded. Like, not even... Okay, so say you don't have an answer, but your answer is, I, I panicked, I froze, right. I was right, in shock. Right, right, like, He said, no, I wasn't panicked, I wasn't in shock. So it's like, what? So. Sounds like a sociopathic, psychopathic killer to me. <laughs> so here's some theories. One theory is that Warren County Prosecutor Rachel Hutzel believes that Ryan did have motive to kill his wife. But it was dun, never dun, presented dun. in trial. What? Apparently, Ryan frequented an adult porn site, Adult Friend Finder, and she believes that Sarah found out and caused the two of them to have a huge blowout fight. The prosecution was prevented from introducing the theory about the website because it could not show that Sarah knew about the site. Told ya, it's always a cheater. Right? But here's my thing about this theory, and about any of this in general, which they never talk about, is did her body... Show signs of a fight. Did she yeah. have bruises? Did, Scratches. If, like, yeah. Her head was yeah. hit. Was there blood? Like, there's nothing to show that they were in a fight. So that's where I'm like, did she fall asleep? Like, there's nothing there. There's no. If he drowned her, wouldn't she have scratched him? Wouldn't right. she have fought back? Like, Claude, yeah. What is going on? Petechial hemorrhaging in the eyes. Right. So I don't know what that is, but right. Isn't that where you like, (laughs) isn't that where blood vessels burst in your eyes? When you throw up so hard from being hungover. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Put it in terms that we can understand. Yes. When your eyes are bloodshot because you threw up so much the night before. Yes. (laughs) But if he killed her, why are there no marks on her body? He drugged her. There was nothing in her system. How do you know? They didn't do the autopsy. Well, they did, they did, they said they did a toxicology report. Well, there are fast-acting chemicals that dissolve in the body in less than 30 minutes. Yeah, you can put insulin under the tongue. Dead. It reacts to heart attack. But they said there was no a heart, heart attack. attack. Hmm. <laughs> he definitely this figured out a way to kill like, her. This one is like kind of wild, don't you think? It is wild, but I still think he killed okay, her. Okay, now question How? for you. How? I can't explain it. Fine. But he's still the murderer. <laughs> question for you. While in jail, found a wife, had a kid. <gasps> While he was released on after his second of the, like, while he was out on release from his second overturn, he got this girl pregnant. Had a baby. What is the question? Do you think that you would ever be with someone who might, who was convicted of a murder, but they're claiming they're innocent? No. If you met someone, they've, they've been released from jail. They were in jail for 20 years for a murder. Would you date them? Depending on the circumstances? Same. Maybe. Like a DUI manslaughter? Yes. Yes. Um, domestic violence situation? No. Where they were killing the person that was abusing them? Oh, I thought you meant the other way around. I was like, no. (laughs) Men can be abused too, Jeff! Wow! Wow! I I thought you meant the abuser! (laughs) <laughs> good to know your limits <laughs> me red flags they'd be like sure <laughs> you won't do it to me oh god <laughs> what do you really think he killed her i think he killed her i'm struggling the dry body is a big deal like that he he is hiding something or the was he scared that, like, she, all of a sudden he found her down in the tub. He was scared. He pulled her out and dried her off, but he didn't know what to do. The inconsistencies in his story and the dried body and the timeline, yeah. they all 
point yeah. to him as some as something having to do with that. I know. I just want more like like I just feel like he was convicted because like there wasn't enough because of his re- the response to how yeah. he acted. Yeah. But, but you, then it's like, you don't think that he killed her? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't make sense. All right, he guys. is the killer. <laughs> let us know what you think. Go to the Facebook group, It Just Makes Sense Podcast Discussion Group, and let us know if you think he killed her or not. Slide into the DMs. Or message us on Instagram at It Just Makes Sense Podcast. Or find me at www.samandthebuff. You can find Jeff on Twitter at some stupid username. Please say it right now. <laughs> J-E-F. Not two of them. S-I-E-F. <laughs> Only one F. Only one F. <laughs> Have a great week and weekend. See you next week. Bye. Bye.